grace, mercy, and peace to you from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Upon seeing him, John the baptizer declared, Behold the Lamb of God. The Lamb. What image comes to mind when you think of the Lamb? I would assert that for the Israelites of Jesus' day, when Jewish worship centered around the temple rituals and festivals, the Lamb meant something much different for them than it does for us today. Just think of the Passover festival, one of the most important festivals in the Jewish year. Every year, the Passover feast would feature a lamb. Now, for many of us, the lamb might feature in our Christmas or Easter menu, but that is a matter of your own taste and preference. But for the ancient Israelites, the Passover could not be celebrated without the lamb. And of course, the Passover celebrates the events that are depicted in our Old Testament reading from Exodus, where it was the lamb that was slain to save the people of Israel from the 10th plague, the death of the firstborn in Egypt. More to the point, it was the blood of the lamb spread on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses that would save them. As verse 13 notes, the blood shall be a sign for you and on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. It was the blood of the lamb that saved the Israelites in Egypt. It is the blood of Christ now spread and shed on the cross by which death may pass over you and pass over me. By the blood of the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, you are saved. Christ's sacrifice declares, you are redeemed. Your debt is paid in full. Your guilt is expunged. This is the gospel in the Passover. But know also how God's judgment would be enacted against all the land, both Egyptians and Hebrews. For Moses warns, none of you shall go out of the door of his house until the morning, for the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door and will not allow the destroyer to enter your house to strike you. The Israelites would not be saved because they are Israelites. No, Salvation for them came only by the blood of the Lamb. Those covered by the blood of the Lamb would be saved. Those not covered by the blood of the Lamb would die, Egyptian and Hebrew alike. So too, we are not saved because we claim the name Christian. We are not saved because of our tithes, our regular attendance in worship, or our volunteer work in the community. No, none of your works will save you. In fact, by your works you will stand condemned, lest we fool ourselves to think that by our works we can keep from sinning. Paul reminds us in his letter to the Romans, For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. 
Now, rest assured, you are saved, but you are saved only and entirely by the blood of the Lamb of God. Every time you come to the Lord's table to drink his blood in Holy Communion, you may know that you are saved, not by your works, but because of Christ's blood. Now, in our Gospel reading this evening, the inference to the Passover lamb would have been unmistakable to John's audience. But considering that John was the son of Zechariah, a priest, and Elizabeth, in her own right, a descendant of Aaron, John the Baptist would have been well acquainted with Jewish temple rituals. And so there's no doubt that John was also thinking about temple sacrifices when he calls Jesus the Lamb of God. In his commentary on the Gospel of John, the Church Father Origen points out that there were five animals used in ritual sacrifices at the temple. Bulls, sheep, goats, doves, and pigeons. So why does John choose the lamb? Why not the bull of God or the dove of God? Both of those would have created compelling imagery as well. Now definitely, John did want to draw the comparison to the Passover lamb. But Origen also points out that John would have been thinking about Exodus 29, 38, which gives instructions for the temple sacrifice. And here we read, Now this is what you shall offer on the altar, two lambs, a year old, day by day, regularly. Did you catch that? The lamb was to be offered daily. In fact, twice daily, in perpetuity, the lamb was a daily sacrifice, not the bull and not the dove. So Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, is our eternal sacrifice, daily renewed. His death atoned for your sin and for my sin and for the sin of the world for all time. In the waters of your baptism, your old Adam dies, your sin atoned for by the blood of the Lamb. Jesus Christ, not just that one time, but for all time. You are baptized. You are saved by the blood of the Lamb through water and the Word. You are claimed by God. Now, Origen, like other church fathers, understood our gospel reading this evening through the lens of Isaiah 53, where Isaiah uses the comparison to sheep and lambs in a most revealing way. Starting with the sixth verse, we read, All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. But the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted. Yet he did not open his mouth, like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that is silent before its shears. So he did not open his mouth. Here, Isaiah refers to the people, Israel then, you and me today, as sheep. But he also refers to the suffering servant, the prophesied Jesus Christ, as sheep as well. Curious, don't you think? But 
there is a major difference here. We are the sheep depicted in the beginning of this reading, the sheep that have gone astray. We are the unruly sheep, lost in the wilderness, defenseless, alone, vulnerable to predators, to sin, and to Satan. Christ, on the other hand, is the sacrificial lamb, the lamb that is led to the slaughter, the lamb without blemish, as our reading from Exodus reminds us. Jesus, the lamb of God, is the lamb with no blemish, the perfect sacrifice. The lamb offered in the temple or slaughtered for the Passover meal must be without blemish, with no imperfections, just as Christ is the perfect sacrifice, the ultimate sacrifice. And just as the lamb was innocent, so Jesus is innocent. Not just the perfect sacrifice, but a perfect man as well. The very man whose death atones for our sin is the very man whose perfect life condemns us by the law, fulfilling the law perfectly where we cannot keep from breaking God's law. And yet, despite his perfect life, Jesus offers himself up as a sacrifice for us. Bear in mind, he is not only perfect man, but all-powerful God. So unlike the lamb that is led, Jesus voluntarily allows himself to be crucified, making the ultimate sacrifice for you and for me. In so doing, the Lord has caused the iniquity of us all to fall on him. The Lamb of God takes upon himself my sin and your sin. And so you are saved. You are redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And so as we eagerly await the arrival of Christmas, as we await the birth of our Savior, what we are really doing is awaiting the sacrificial lamb that will take our place, die our death for our sins. Of this, Pastor David Peterson writes, the babe born to Mary is born to be a sacrifice and guilt offering. This is a horrible and yet at the same time a joyous thing for faith for those who fear, love, and trust in God. The Passover lamb has been slain. Jesus Christ, though guiltless, has become your guilt offering. The very babe we await is the very sacrifice that saves us from our sins. But this story is not a story about death, but of life. For Jesus did come in the flesh, Emmanuel, God with us. And Jesus did rise from the dead. Alleluia, Christ is risen. And Jesus will come again in glory. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.